Hey, this is Joseph Massonary. I'm the pastor at Cornerstone, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope this helps you build your faith. I hope in some way that God will challenge you with a new perspective as you listen. Enjoy the message. Um, Who's ready to get into the Word? Do you have a Bible? Hebrews chapter 10, Hebrews chapter 10, and we are jumping into a series that I have called, you ready for it? And I think it's up there. Turn to someone and say, sold out summer. Sold out summer. And even the way I I, I took this, I'm a child of the 90s, 80s, and 90s. I was thinking about Saved by the Bell. I was thinking about NWO pay-per-views and WCW wrestling when it was called sold out. And I thought, how can we apply this to our faith? Because we live in a time and a season where a lot of people are thinking about quitting. A lot of people we've seen over the last few years have quit relationships, they've quit marriages, they've quit jobs, they've quit, uh, uh, maybe even they've moved. Some people even, maybe you're here today, and can we be really honest, maybe some of us have felt like this. And if you haven't felt like this, you will approach a season in your life where I think God will challenge you. And here it is, there's a challenge that I think many Christians have faced the last couple years, and that is the, the challenge and the thought that it's maybe time to quit your faith, that it's time to move on to something else. The book of Hebrews is for you. We're going to get into the book of Hebrews, and that is a book where we are going to study throughout the summer, but it addresses people that are going through difficult times, struggles, um, and, and it addresses people that are considering going back to who they used to be. They believe in Christ, and, and, but it addresses people who are considering uh, quitting, throwing in the towel on their faith. A little bit of context, the writer of Hebrews, um, he, he's writing to people considering bailing out. He's writing to people who, who are, are, are thinking, you know what, maybe this Jesus thing isn't worth all the effort. It, may, it doesn't really feel like it's worth it anymore. And the message today, and really the message that I hope to bring over the course of this summer is to inspire us and to remind us that it is not the time for God's people to quit. It's not the time for God's people to sell out, but it's the time for God's people to step up and be sold out for His kingdom. Amen? Somebody say amen, right? So I'm going to jump this off real quick, and as we turn to Hebrews chapter 10 in your Bible, and then keep Hebrews chapter 11 on standby for me, if you would. I'm going to name a few cities, and and again, there's been a lot of shouting already going on in church today, so just shout me down. Uh, I'm going to name a few cities, and if you catch on to where I'm going, uh, would you just shout out what you think it is? All these cities have something in common. The first one is Nashville, Tennessee. Anybody here ever been to Nashville, Tennessee? right? Yeah, the, the land of Vanderbilt University and all these different things, right? Uh, how about Cleveland, Ohio? I've never been to Cleveland. I think of the uh, LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cleveland, Ohio. How about this one? Canton, Ohio. Now somebody's tracking. People are starting to realize what's coming up August and September as we get ready for football season. Canton, Ohio. And this one's going to give it away. What do all these cities have in common? Cooperstown, New York. Is anybody, nobody's shouting. Does anybody know where I'm going with this? I thought this would go better. Museums, is that what I heard? The last one is Springfield. Yeah, somebody, did I hear that? Hall of what? Thank you, thank you, thank you, right? That, each of these cities represents a hall of fame. A hall of fame for uh, country music, a rock and roll hall of fame, a hall of fame for basketball, baseball, football, representing people who excelled 
to the max at their craft. Uh, I remember being a kid and around the age of 16, I was able to go to Cooperstown, New York, and I remember buying a Yankees jacket with all their championships on it because it's so many more than the Red Sox. And um, that was for you. That was for you. Um, but um, I, I remember like literally going to the Hall of Fame and being in just shock and awe. At, I mean, it was a museum of the greats. There was a baseball bat there from Babe Ruth. There was a ball signed that, um, that was from Babe Ruth. It was, it was amazing. There was a, a section dedicated to Lou Gehrig, and it not only showed you all the statistics of what they did on the field, but oftentimes in that Hall of Fame and in every Hall of Fame, they also show you what those players did off the field, what they did off the field for the game to advance their craft, to advance their chosen sport. And so today, here's, we're going to this area of the Bible that it lists out a bunch of heroes. It's Hebrews chapter 11. It's Hebrews chapter 11, and before we get to that, I do want to preface this and talk about Hebrews 10 for a moment, but we're going to look at biblical heroes, and the one thing I hope we come back to each week over the summer is that they all respond in similar fashion when it comes to hard times. We're going to look at their response to trial. We're going to look at their response to conflict. We're going to look at how they respond when life gets hard. Would anybody here be so brave to just raise your hand and say, you know what, life has been hard lately. Has anybody felt like that? Like life, it's just a season where it has been hard. And you know what, um, if, if you haven't raised, your, if you're like, man, I, I just got married or we just had a new baby, if life isn't hard yet, that's awesome and celebrate it, but one thing we are all guaranteed is that we will have seasons where things get tough. We're going to have hardships, we're going to have trials, we're going to have things that happen, and it makes that scripture in James come alive when it says, man, <laughs> rejoice when you face trials of many kinds. It's like, oh my goodness, right? But we're going to get into God's word. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. Hebrews 10, verse 35. If you have a Bible or a digital Bible, would you open it up? Turn your Bible on. Open it up and let's get into the word. Are you ready for this, church? Come on, we had. I'm, I'm trying to trying to get you out of here for lunch, but you got to amen me. You got to bring it, right? Thank you. Just bring it. Here we go. Verse 35. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now, so that you will continue to do God's will. Here we go, church. We are in a race. And how many of you know races don't stop? We're going to have some messages that come up. Yeah, races, you know, sometimes you need to pace yourself. Sometimes we might need to slow down a little bit. But I love what, what, what the author says here. He says, endurance is what you need now. Church, does that feel like a word for us? Endurance is what we need now. So that what? You will continue to do whose will? Come on, come on. So you continue to do God's will, right? It, it doesn't say you need endurance so you can do what you want to do. It can, you don't need endurance to provide what you want to provide or make what you want to make or say what you want. It says we need perseverance and endurance to do God's will. Then, right, and I love this because there's the, there's the premise and then here's the promise that we will receive. Then you will receive all that God has promised. Verse 37, for in just a little while the coming one will come and not delay and my righteous ones will live by faith. Would you underline verse uh, 38? The righteous ones will live by what? Somebody say it out loud. Faith, right? Righteous ones will live by faith. 
but I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. Watch out. The book of Hebrews also covers, like later, we're not really going to get to this as much because we're going to look at some heroes and then we're going to jump into the Old Testament and talk about their story in greater detail each and every week. But Hebrews also talks about things like missing out on rewards. Hebrews talks about discipline, like this verse is kind of opening it up. The book of Hebrews talks about like, is there a parent in here that has ever disciplined their kids? Right? And parents, we don't particularly enjoy it, do we? I I would think most of us, right? Most of us don't, right? But if we are a good parent, we will not neglect it. Because what, what happens when we discipline our kids from... I remember one time, I think one of our kids was like 16 months old. And you might be thinking that's old. And I remember there was a, a moment where she, she, she kind of went a little rough on mom and she smacked mom in the face, right? And 16 months, right? That's not even a year and a half. And I remember I looked and I said, no, 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 we're not going to do that. And then she looked right at me and smiled with the, like this most beautiful smile you've ever seen in your life, right? And then she looked at her mom and she smacked her in the face again right? True story. Well, I'll just say it like this. I don't think I particularly enjoyed it, but my wife and I still giggle about this today. Dad took over, took that kiddo and, you know, did a few things. And it's interesting, from 16 months old till now, she has never, ever, ever thought about smacking mom ever again, right? She ne- and I don't think she even knows why. She just knows that's, right? There's some, something was imprinted in that moment, right? Where she remembered, imprinted, there we go, yeah. She remembered that is not something, that's not a place I'm going to go. Hebrews talks about this. Hebrews talks about like God the Father is going to discipline us when we decide to go back to what we used to be. It says, I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. Verse 39, would you read it with me? But we are not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. This, clip, this scripture clearly states for us church today that righteous people, they don't talk or use their lips to declare faith, but they live by what? Faith. This scripture clearly states in verse, right? L- read it with me again. Verse 38, my righteous ones will live by faith. It says our living is our faith. Our living shows our faith. Our actions show our, our feet. Right? This, this scripture talks about endurance, and the, the source of our endurance is our faith. Faith is not just something to uh, contextualize and give lip service to, but it's actually a lifestyle to put action to. Right? Faith is a lifestyle to live out through our hands and, and through our feet. Number one, would you write this down? And I think before we get into our sold-out summer series, this is the question I want to ask you and challenge you with and honestly challenge myself with and number one would you write this down am I living a sold out faith am I living a sold out faith that's a tough question you don't need to hand this to your husband or your wife or your friend sitting next to you you're not going to turn this in for a grade but I would like you to ask the Holy Spirit God would you convict me today and speak to me of where maybe I need to go all in with you a little bit more right am I living a sold out faith as we set the table for weeks and weeks to come i want to start right here today by examining our faith Um, because for the believer uh, if faith is a lifestyle and if faith is lived out through your hands and through your feet here's another question for you how how is that going 
How is that going? Uh, what does the fruit of that look like in your life right now? What are the, the results? Are they pending? Are they, you know, unknown, right? If faith is a lifestyle for the believer, then how, how's that going? And I think some of us can honestly be like, oh, I'm, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not quite sure right now, right? Romans chapter 1, verse 17, it, it says, The good news tells us how God makes us right in His sight. This is accomplished from start to finish. Look at this. From beginning to end, from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. During this um, series, and, and I'm, I'm calling it Sold Out Summer, the goal is really just simple. Whether you're here in person, I know we go on vacation in the summer, right? You know the coolest thing ever is, is you can catch up at any moment, right? You can, you can tune in on YouTube. You can live stream. You don't need to miss a single week because you can always dial in with your church family. But here's the challenge, and if you're watching online even right now, uh, the challenge is this summer I would like our church to pursue, actively pursue an increased level of faith. Not just settle for the faith of whoever is speaking up here. Uh, like I said, I love Christopher's message last week. You're going to hear from Pastor Greg. You're going to hear from Sean Stafford. You're, we're going to have like summer, summer sessions. But my challenge to you is to not settle for the faith of someone you're listening to. And even this, my challenge to you is to not settle for the faith of the heroes we're going to read about. Because we're going to read about some pretty amazing people in the Bible who lived out their faith, but the challenge is to pursue your own faith, to pursue your own God, and to walk confidently and courageously and to apply your own faith to your life and your situation. Hebrews 11, as you flip the page over for me, verse 1, it begins, it covers just a glimpse, it's like the, the snapshot, and really I, I joked about Hall of Fames, right, it'd be cool to go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or the Football Hall of Fame, or be there for a ceremony. But we're going to dig into their lives, the people, the heroes in Hebrews chapter 11. And today I want to just begin with a few verses. Can we read the first one here? Number one, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Uh, this is a verse that, you know, you might see it on the front of a church building. You often will see it on, the, on you know, the, the front of a bulletin back in the day, whatever it is. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It's the evidence of things we cannot see. Number two, would you write this down? Where do you attach your faith? Where do you attach your faith? Because if you're placing your faith in something small, if you're placing your faith in a spouse or a child or even a, a job or a boss or something that's unreliable, you know what's interesting is how often we put so much faith and hope in things that we have no control over. You notice that? Like, we, like a lot in this world is out of, like we like to think we can control our situations and our cities and our, a lot of things, like a lot of stuff, like we don't have as much control, I think, as we'd like to think we do. But when it comes to faith, it's only as meaningful as the substance that you attach it to. Um, I remember going on a mission trip, this was like 2015 or 16, and I, I probably went to this country about six or seven times. It's the country of Belize. Has anybody ever been to Belize? Little, it's, it's a cool spot, right? And I remember going, and on one of the days off, we were there for like a week and took a day off, and they decided to go back to the airport that we flew in on, 
flew into. And we, we got on this plane to jump over to an island. Um, I don't remember what the island, St. Padre, I don't even remember what it was. It was beautiful. It was like the best snorkeling fishing I've ever seen in my life. But we got on this plane, and let me just put it like this. Uh, there was only one propeller in the front. I think there were six seats. I did not fit in a seat, right? I remember like getting in the plane and like as we were flying, the plane felt tilted because I was on one side of the plane, right? This, it, it looked like something out of a bad movie. We jumped on this plane to jump over and I remember asking the guy leading the trip, I said like, can't you take a boat over to the island? Like that's how they get food there. And he goes, yeah, but... The plane ride is only like 15 minutes. The boat takes an hour. And I'm like, an hour. I'll enjoy the ocean, like the boat. I remember looking out the window. I was getting panic attacks. I was freaking out. I was watching the propeller thinking it was going to stop. I was looking down. I thought I saw sharks every 20 feet. I'm like, that's just got to be a shark. I was just literally freaking out about this plane. It it had a, a sign on the side of the door. It said like, tropical tours. And it was, all the paint was faded. It was the scariest looking little thing I've ever got on, right? Tropical tours, nightmares about this plane still. Um, I made it back, right? The landing freaked me out. I mean, the, it was like you're, you're, you're over the ocean and then there's concrete and you land. It was the most frightening experience. But it was interesting when it was time to go home and go back to my wife and kids, when it was time to come back to the United States, right? You know what's interesting is as we walked at that particular airport in Belize City, you, you would walk the out, outside towards the runway. And as you walked, there was this, I think we flew American Airlines or Delta, one of, the, one of the two. It was interesting to me that I didn't have a panic attack. In fact, I didn't even have a second thought about getting on that Delta Airlines plane, that big jetliner, right? I had no qualms about it. I didn't even think about it. And I thought about that this week as I was studying because I thought, what was going on in this situation? And we talk about where we put our faith and sometimes putting it in things that are so unreliable, right? But here it goes. I would say it like this. My faith in that particular instance was directly tied to the size of the plane. Think about that, right? I don't have much faith. It wasn't that like I didn't think we could get to the island. I'm thinking like, I, I, I don't have a lot of faith right now because we don't have a lot of plane right now, right? Think about that. Like, I don't have a lot of faith because I don't have a lot of plane. I want a couple more engines. I want, I want somebody to serve me Diet Coke. I want, you know, I want, this is, this is crazy. But I realize this when we apply this to our faith, right? Oftentimes we, we lack confidence or, man, when we make decisions that are rooted in man's truth and not God's truth. We, 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 we sometimes can do, has anybody here ever done this where I, I can honestly say I've made mistakes and I've made decisions that are based on fear and they're decisions that don't necessarily align with God's promise or God's word. Has anybody ever done that? Right? And it's the same for you. Anytime you make a decision uh, out of fear rather than by living by what God declares about you, right? that you're announcing to yourself, you're announcing to your circle, you're announcing to those around you that, that really you don't trust that God is telling the truth in His Word. If it goes against what He has declared, right? And none of us here today would ever dare be so bold to call God a liar, would we? No, we would never verbalize that. Any, right? Everybody's like, oh, just to say that, for, right? 
None of us would dare. We would never be so bold. But I would say it like this. We would never verbalize that, but we live that quite often. Through our actions, through our inactions, right? It's very possible that the majority of us at some point, we've called God a liar because of our actions or our inactions, right? When we lack faith that God is going to do what he said he would do. Number two, would you write this, number three, would you write this down? Faith, according to Hebrews here and also 2 Corinthians, it's acting like, it's, it's acting, it's believing, it's trusting, it's, it's saying, you know what, I may not understand it, but I'm going to act like God is telling the truth. I'm going to live my life like God, his promises are telling the truth. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 6, so we're always confident. Would you, would you, what does the word always mean? <laughs> I think it means always. Right? You, you notice that in 2 Corinthians? He says, so we are always confident. He doesn't say, man, don't be sometimes confident. Don't be halfway confident. Don't be a little bit sure. Be always confident even though we know, here we go, I love this, that as long as we live in these earthly bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. How many of you, like, I love the way Paul writes that. He says, we're not home. I'm sure all of us, if, if we're blessed to be able to take a, a family trip or roll over to California to, to go to the ocean for two or three days, take a couple days away from work, or if you're able to take a couple weeks vacation, whatever it might be, has anybody here ever gotten to a point where like vacation was fun, the hotel was fun, the beach was fun, but now I just want my home. I just want my bed. I just want my pillow. I want my own bathroom. Anybody ever, right? I want my shower. You know, I'm the only one that's weird like that. Y'all just want to live somewhere else, right? But I love this scripture because I think of that like there's something in us like this world is not my home. That longing when we see this world broken, it's like there's something in it like we, we love bits. We love bits and things that we see here, but the sin, the culture, right? The sin that will always be present. This world is not our home. It says these bodies that we, that we live in, these bodies... We are not home with the Lord as long as we're in them. As long as we live in these bodies, we're not at home in the Lord. Let's look at verse 7. For we live by believing and not what? Not seeing, right? We live by believing. Here's something about your faith and my faith. It's always lived out through action. It always includes action. Faith always includes movement, right? Faith isn't just moving your lips, not just moving, giving, we're, we're good at moving lips, like, and believe, I love doing worship, right? But there's often times where, man, it, it's like we all can get caught not living our life as if the microphone's on 24-7, right? The lip service, we can come and we can worship and we can come and we can lift our hands and do all these things and those are, we need to do them. It's important. But we got to be, we got to be careful that sometimes it's easy to just stop with the lip service and that faith, somehow it doesn't move down to our hands and sometimes that faith, it doesn't move down to our feet and it doesn't move down to our walk and our actions and our giving and the way we serve and the way we use our time. Uh, faith is lived out through our action. Faith is, is believing what God says is true is what the Bible says. Um, on, on the back wall over here, everybody look over your back right shoulder. Just go for it. I, I love this. There's a, a light over there that has come in handy. And it's a little three-bulb LED light. You guys are like, what are we talking about here at church today, right? Uh, but a few years ago, 
we just had noticed that, man, we, we work here all week, and we don't always have church every day. In fact, we have church only on Sundays, right? And so we're running a lot of these bulbs. We do have chapel and a few things that happen, but we found that it was like, man, we had to bring a lift in here every time to change a bulb. We are burning through electricity. We're doing all kinds of things. And so we decided, you know what, we need to do something that saves some power, saves on the bills, cuts down on the energy usage. And so we put a light back there that is a motion sensor light. Does anybody have a motion sensor light on the side of your house? Safety, maybe on a garage, anybody? No, two of us, right? Yeah, makes you feel good at night. You know if somebody's sneaking around back there, whatever it might be. But as, as we put that back there, the idea was that motion activates the power. Motion activates the power. Movement activates the power. Like th- th- there's this, this thing, like when we talk about with God, God is powerful. God is going to do what he is going to do, but I think there's something he wants from us. And when we talk about faith, I believe what he desires is movement. He, he, he desires movement. When he detects that we are willing to take a step, then he goes, oh goodness, here we go. They, they're, they're, I'm, I'm in, right? I think God will always wait for us to move. Our faith in action, our movement always triggers a response from God. And if there's no faith and there's no movement, then his power is readily available right? That switch is there. It's turned on. It's ready to go. But we access his power through movement. Would you write that down in your notes? It's like, man, we access his power through movement. And if we don't move our feet and all we do is move our lips, right? Then his power, it's just going to lie dormant in our lives and in our homes and in our ministry and in our neighborhood. Hebrews 11 verse 2. Through their faith, the people in the old in the days of old, earned a good reputation. Through their faith, the people in the days of old, I think of like heroes of the past. I think of Lord of the Rings, the heroes of old, the terms that they would use. Um, Has anybody ever watched the NBA All-Star Game or the NBA Championship Series? The playoffs are going on right now. One thing I I like when I, I, I rarely tune in, but sometimes I do, and one thing I like is when they, they always bring out some of the old great ones. You'll see Bill Russell, right, on the, on the TV. You'll see Magic Johnson and that smile. You'll see, maybe you'll see Larry Bird. You'll see Michael Jordan occasionally. Like, has anybody here ever watched the slam dunk contest where they get the guys that were like the studs of years past, right? And you'll see the, the great ones from generations before and what they're there to do. It's like nostalgia is a cool thing. And it's, it's, you know, it's recognizing them for how they helped advance the game. But there's also a little bit like when you're a little kid and that hero is on the wall, it gives us something to aspire to, right? It makes us like when we look at the lives of heroes past, it gets us excited. It gets us excited and it can motivate us for today. And so in Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to look at some folks who were everyday people like us, and they had some, some issues. We'll get to that in, in just a moment. But what I love about this summertime series that we're going to get to is that, man, it's important to be inspired by people who have gone before us, because I believe even doing life with, I think of guys that I, I'm close with that are 10 years and 20 years ahead of me, 
They inspire me because, man, part of me goes, man, if they've gone through that, if they've walked through that, and they've gotten through that, and God has brought them through that, he's going he's gonna to get us through it, right? If he can do it for that person, he's going to do it for me. Now, this is a cool and strange and some interesting folks we're going we're gonna to talk about. But would you glance at Hebrews chapter 11 where we're going? We're going to start off with each one of these folks, and then we're going to jump back into the Old Testament and discover more about them each week. But we're going to talk about people who gave everything, people who responded in faith, lived out their faith. They didn't talk about it. They walked in it, and they radically did things with, with God at their side, God leading them. But here we go, and this is what I think should excite all of us. A little bit of fair warning is we talk about being sold-out Christians. And sometimes I think, man, that job is for those people. It's for that hero. It's for that business person. It's for that person with the access or the power. But here we go. A lot of these summer heroes, a lot of these sold-out summer Hall of Fame heroes that we're going to talk about, I'm going to let you in on a secret if you don't know. They are some messed up, jacked up people. I'm, you're, you're like, I'm, like we Hall of Fame, we, we literally memorialize them in the Christian Hall of Fame, but they are some messed up folks. I think there's some folks that we probably wouldn't even want to hang around today. We wouldn't even, we'd be like, oh, I'm not going to get caught up with them. That's a strange group. We're going we're gonna to talk about people in this Hebrews 11 section that they're known for their faith. They're also, they're known liars. Um, some of them are men who are passive. They're weak leaders. One of them's a terrible father. Uh, some of them are arrogant. Some of the men, um, we're going to talk about Samson. I would say like, as a, you know, we talk about Samson and you want to like, it's like, dude, the guy was a player. He's, right? I mean, he like constantly didn't listen. Constantly. God, I was like, I got to tell you a third time? How many times I got to keep telling you, right? We're going to talk about, um, there's a woman we're going to speak about. Her name's Rahab. She happened to have a profession. It was called, she was a prostitute, right? We're going to talk about people that, that they are some messed up people. We're going to talk about a group of people who turn their back on God completely. And here we go. The cool part is, it's really good news for us today because God's truth for us is still real. God's, God's promise to us is, is, is so amazing because the reality is you can choose right now, right now today, to live your life differently. You can choose to change. You can choose to live differently right now. Number four, we're going to close with this. And uh, Tanner, would you come close on the keys? Number four, it's never too late to honor God with your faith. Somebody say amen. It's never too late to what? Honor God with your faith. Hebrews 11.3, by faith we understand, oh my goodness, read this verse with me, the entire universe. This is amazing. They didn't even say the earth. They didn't even say the world. He says the entire universe, this understanding scripturally, right, in scripture. Everything was formed at God's command. We, we, we understand this by faith and that what we see did not come from anything that can be seen. What does that mean for us today? It means that we are called to actively, constantly, even at work every day, we're called to act and live and walk in the spiritual realm, even though we're stuck in the physical realm. We're, we're, we're like called to function in the spiritual even though we're in the physical, right? And so as we close today, I want to talk about this verse, this 
um, Hebrews chapter 11, but also the whole book of Hebrews, I think it is timely for us today. And here's why. It's talking to Christians. Are we Christians in the house? I think a lot of us, right? Maybe you're listening, right? But the book of Hebrews, it's talking to Christians who are regressing in their faith, going backwards in their faith. They aren't progressing and moving forward in their faith. That's the, the book of Hebrews. And I think of the church in America today and the church in uh, Western civilization. I think of the church in Las Vegas. I think of, right? I think that is a very timely word that the book of Hebrews is for people. It was written to people that were regressing, not progressing. It was written to people who were, man, they're thinking, man, I should rethink this commitment to Jesus stuff, right? And we know times have been strange and interesting, right? But there's no doubt the people in Hebrews, they've been hurt. They've been rejected. They've lost homes. And even this is what's even crazy, right? They know what persecution is. So, you know, you're, you're, it's addressing these Christians. Maybe it's a wife that her husband was pulled out, of the, pulled out of the house and her husband was killed because of his faith. How many of you know that might leave a bitter taste in your mouth? As you're, I, God, I gave my life to you and I just lost my family? And so Hebrews, Hebrews is addressing this issue, people who've been persecuted and no doubt are thinking, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Is it worth it? Is it worth it? My energy, my time, my resources, my stress, is all this worth it just to follow this Jesus Christ? And as we close today, that's the question I want to ask you. And my, my opinion would be, you bet you it is totally worth it. Oh, it's worth it. And, and don't quit on the stool. Don't throw in the towel. Don't, don't, don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. But keep going because Jesus is definitely worth it. And you know why he's worth it? He's worth it not only for what we will receive in eternity, but he's worth it because I'll tell you this, it's not worth going back to what you used to do. It's not worth, right, amen, right, going back to what you used to know, how you used to operate, who you used to do it with, right? We haven't been redeemed and, and, and called out of the world now to go running back to it, and that's what Hebrews is talking about. And so as we say, let's, so, let's be sold out this summer, it's like, don't quit. If you're here and you're thinking about quitting, I'm, I'm like saying, man, it's okay that you're having those thoughts. And it's probably even normal. We all go through seasons where it's like, you know what? God, I'm, I'm just not sure. That's a question I would encourage you to wrestle with, not shame you for it. But keep going, keep running. And we're going we're gonna to talk about these heroes and we're going to be inspired by people who didn't quit. They didn't regress. They didn't sell out. And so the message, as we say, is just like, let's, let's get up. Let's rise up. Let's be sold out example. Because God's word is so clear. We actually can be a modern day hero, a modern day lighthouse, a modern day example that the world so desperately has got to see right now. Somebody say amen. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you for this time. And Lord, we just thank you that your word is, is just living and active. And I believe speaking to us right in those areas where we need to be spoken to. God, we thank you. God, challenge us. And I ask that question, God, are we living a sold out faith? God, inspect us. We invite your Holy Spirit to speak to us. We don't want to be all talk and no action. God, help us put our faith in the right thing. God, help us live our lives like you are telling us the truth. And God, remind us today that it's never too late to honor God with our faith. It's never too late to turn back to him with our faith. I want to give you a moment today to just 
answer that question. If you're here today and you can say, you know what, God, you've seen me stumble, you've seen me fall. God, you've seen me mess up, you've seen my fears, you've seen where I'm just so embarrassed and shameful. God, you've seen me hurt other people. Maybe you're here today and you're like, God, others have hurt me a lot. Maybe you're here today and what you need is a new beginning. You need to understand it's never too late to honor God with your faith. 2 Corinthians 5, it says, when someone becomes a Christian, he becomes a brand new person inside. He's not the same anymore, but a new life has begun. And maybe you're here today and you just don't feel like being the same person anymore. Maybe you're here today and you've never committed your life to this person called Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you've spent your college years or your teen years or your 20s or 30s and you've been running away from him. Maybe you feel like you knew him, but you need renewal in your life. You need to recommit your life. If that's you today, if you want to say, you know what, I want Jesus in my life again, or I want him in my life for the first time, I want to ask you to to just acknowledge him. I want to ask you to say, you know what, I'm going to lift my eyes, I'm going to lift my hands, I'm going to recommit my life to Jesus. If that's you, I'm just going to count to three. Our our, our eyes are closed, our heads are bowed. One of the ways we just like to acknowledge him, just, just quickly lift your hand or lift your eyes and make eye contact with me because we want to pray with you and we want to pray for you. If that's you and you want to acknowledge Jesus, would you just, one, two, three, would you just lift your hand this morning? And is there anybody here? I just want to ask. We had four in first service. Anybody over here? Awesome. Awesome. And if you're online, if you're online, respond. Type something in. Church, can we pray this prayer together this morning? Jesus, I open up my life to you. Come on, church. Let's close. Let's say it. Jesus, I ask you to be my Savior. Jesus, I ask you to forgive me and to guide me. God, I want to focus on your word. God, I want to trust you. God, I want to have an active faith. Come take charge of my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Can all God's people say amen? Can we applaud him? Can we praise him? Can we tell him he is good? Amen. Thank you for joining us today, and a special thanks to those who give to Cornerstone. You know, it's because of you, our ministry, it's possible. Uh, You can click the link in the description to give now or visit us at cornerstonelv.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, you can share it with friends, share it with family, help us spread God's word. You can also join us live every Sunday. We invite you, 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. We stream service live. Thank you again for listening.